Hello, friends. My name is Aliza Kelly. I'm a celebrity astrologer, three-time author, and host of this podcast, Stars Like Us. Think of Stars Like Us as your favorite nighttime talk show that just so happens to be released every Monday morning. Each week, we connect with another amazing expert guest, and together we talk about everything under the sun. But before we get into today's episode, take a moment to rate this podcast five stars. Why? Because you're the fucking best. All right, now let's do it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for another out-of-this-world conversation. This is Stars Like Us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am your host, Eliza Kelly, and I am here today with a fellow Pisces moon. And that is truly for me the biggest honor of all because Pisces moon, I could always use like more Pisces moon support. This is Manon Matthews. Manon is a Libra sun, Pisces moon, Sag rising, a comedian, comedian, author, and content creator. Manon Matthews enjoys her life by making hilarious content in her native city of Los Angeles. She's obsessed with all things comedic and everything spiritual. If it helps you laugh, then it causes you to heal. That is her purpose here on the planet. That is so fucking Pisces moon and beautiful. I love that. Yes. (laughs) It's so amazing. Manon, so lovely to connect with you. Thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you so much for having me. I love all of what you're about and what you do and definitely believe in astrology. I love that you had said before we got on here that you're a Pisces moon as well. I don't think I've met another Pisces moon. <gasps> really? No. I've, I think maybe some water signs, but not an actual Pisces moon. And so I feel like when I tell people that, well, one, you have to know who to tell because, you know, people might scratch their head and be like, what are you talking about? But then I feel like it explains so much of my emotions. And obviously I want to hear you speak about it more, but it's, I feel like already like bonded to you because we both have that. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because certainly in the work that I do, my mom is a Pisces moon as well. And I, yeah, so it's a fucking lot. And my mom's a Libra. Oh, really? Libra son. Interesting. Interesting. Family signatures. Um, this That actually is not that uncommon to see sort of these, you know, where the narrative continues to go down the line. You'll see that at, show up in families as sort of like repeating signs or similar placements or just some sort of like a pattern, right? That exists through family lines. But being a Pisces moon was the first thing that I, that was the, my entry point into astrology. Um, not so much me as a Leo sun. I obviously like you get a lot of feedback from about your sun sign, especially when you have a son like Leo, where it's like, ah, oh, you're blah, 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 blah. And I was like, that's true. That's true. But I was like, but it's not everything, you know, like that doesn't explain all of the feelings, like nothing about being a Leo sun gave me any insight as to what was going on really internally for me until I found out about Pisces moon. So my Pisces moon is like such a core um, component of my work and my chart and my self-actualization process and the integration of all of it. Yeah. It's been paramount. Wow. That makes so much sense because I remember always hearing about being a Libra, which again, I related to so much. And I was like, but air sign Libra, like, why am I always crying then? (laughs) (laughs) Why am I feeling so deeply? Why do I feel the moon so deeply? Why does water like all the things? And so, yeah, I relate very much to be like, there's more. Yeah, When I first found out that I was a Pisces moon, I started crying (laughs) in perfect Pisces moon fashion. Well, I was like, not thrilled about it. You know, I was like, I remember being like, oh no, like this is horrible. And then I was like, no, 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 this is literal. This is literally who you are. You are such a deep feeler. You are also such a, the queen of disassociation. At least that's me. Do you relate (laughs) as a Pisces moon? Explain what that means. So I believe my kind of like methodology for approaching the chart is that your rising sign is sort of the 
the memo. Like your rising sign is why your chart does all the things that it does. And it's that sort of like the message of like how you are supposed to be living and what your experience is supposed to be and what your narrative is. And then all of the planets are basically doing their role in that process. So as a Sagittarius rising, your mission is to go and tell stories and live a big life and, you know, challenge things and take risks and, you know, and really like push the boundaries, right? Sagittarius rising stuff. And then your sun sign is one part of how you're supposed to be doing that. And in Libra, it's like the air sign stuff. So it's like doing it beautifully, doing it with, you know, balance in mind, doing it, like thinking about the people, thinking about how things are going to be received. And then the moon shows how you're feeling about that mission. So the moon shows sort of the depth of that experience and how you are taking in all of that. Does that make sense? Uh, Yes, 100%. I have chills because that's literally how I feel like I come across to the world such a free spirit and such a boundary pusher and like I'm going to be the one to start the whole crazy dance or whatever it is and the way that you explained it because then people will meet me and they'll go oh you're so calm you're so relaxed and I'm like yeah you're meeting the Libra <laughs> or at times they'll say oh you're so emotional like I thought you were like always funny and blah 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 and I'm like I'm such it makes sense now that you're like, oh, that's the mission. Cause I do feel this calling to like push the boundaries, like you said, and to be free, to be out in the world, to explore. And I love that you said that Libra is the way that I do it. Cause I do feel like I do it beautifully. If that's not to sound, you know, whatever, but beauty has always been so important to me and, and charm and like, relationships and love, like do everything with love, do everything with love and in mind matters to me rather than like doing it harsh, harshly or whatever, or, you know, cause everyone's purpose is different, but the way that you explain it. And then the Pisces, oh my God, if I'm not on purpose, if I'm not on my mission, I get so derailed and so sad and I feel literally hopeless. So I, I mean the deep sads of the Pisces moon, I- no, no bounds, (laughs) you know, not to go like, not to get to dive full into mental health and Pisces moon. But I feel the moon is your internal experience. It's your emotional processing. It's the way that the, it's the way that your internal moon, so to speak, is reflecting that light, which is the sun. So if your sun is like, Hey, we're going to make everyone happy. We're going to be we're going to make sure that this is very diplomatic. We don't want to isolate anyone. We want to make sure that everybody is getting what they need from this. But the Pisces sun, where the Pisces moon is feeling so deeply, then when people aren't happy, when people aren't receiving you, when people are getting the wrong message, I'm sure that that Pisces moon is like overload, like can't function, can't do anything because Pisces is like, there, you know, you are submerged in the ocean. There is no coming out of that ocean. You know, when you are like fully in the fields, it is, you're too, you're too low for anyone to even save, you know, it's heavy. Yeah. hundred percent. That's at least how I feel with my, uh, you know, and it's my Leo sun and Pisces moon combo is very interesting. Um, I've had to start visualizing because when one it can feel like they work almost, they don't even see each other. It feels like they sometimes have nothing in common. But then I think about how beautiful like a sunset is over the water, you know, and how the water can project that sun and expand it and make it even more glorious and even more beautiful. And that's how I have started to think about my sensitivities is rather than them like submerging my sun and like being like, no, you're going under the sea. Like you are going deep into your depression of like, no, you can actually make it even brighter and amplify it with this beautiful ocean. Um, So now my follow-up question for this is how do you feel that your emotions your psychic powers, because you're a fucking Pisces moon, so you got to have them. Your sensitivities amplify your work, amplify that sun. Yeah. So I've lived out loud for a very long time, whether it is making people laugh or being goofy. I feel like when I live out loud in my vulnerability and when I, like what you just said about reflection, um, the times that I've you know, done it alone, it feels really powerful. But for some reason, it feels really important for 
it's not even my ego. It's one or more people to witness me in this really sorrowful place because I feel like, you know, for a long time I wanted to hide it. And I felt so ashamed that I was feeling so much. And oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. Look, why am I so sensitive? And then once I started sharing on a group level, like the pain and the fear and the sorrow, I feel like it healed. It helped heal people around me. As weird as that may sound, like it not only gave some other people permission to go, oh my God, you know what? I I do feel this way. I haven't been acknowledging that. It's almost like I feel like it's a must for me to sometimes display the the pain and sorrow that I feel for humanity, as weird as that is, because I feel like we do not normalize that, um, which is why I started going down a spiritual path on my social media platforms was because I I felt like I was hiding part of me for a long time where I was like, I'm just going to show, you know, people want, give them what they want. They want funny. And then I started doing these spiritual motivational uh, videos and they wouldn't perform as well, but but the, the people that were meant to see it would see it. And then they would know that they're not alone or maybe the other Pisces moon or water signs would see it and feel like, oh my God, like both can exist. The humor, the humor and the sorrow and the healing and the light and the dark, all of it can exist. In fact, it needs to in order to have a full life. And so- Totally. I don't remember what the question is, but I did just speak. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you answer and the, the words that came out of your mouth were the answer to the question. Okay. Perfectly. Perfectly. I wanted to ask, I like crossed my fingers because I wanted to remember a question about, you said something about detachment because I do feel like in those times where I'm not in the sorrow I like am the opposite where nothing offends me. Everything is hilarious. So light, so easy breezy. And I'm going, so what is that? Because there's times where I feel the sorrow I feel is not from necessarily from anyone trying to hurt me. It's from feeling humanity's pain and sometimes my own. It's like a collective thing. And then sometimes it flips and I'm like, nothing's sad. Every, life is so fun. Life is so easy. Like I feel a lightness. Maybe that's the Libra air. Maybe, maybe you have more insight on that. Well, I think that that's Neptune. And so your moon is going to be governed by Neptune. My moon is governed by Neptune. Pisces is ruled by Neptune. Neptune is this amazing and complicated planet that is represented by both by fog right? Like simply fog. And I like to describe the fog of Neptune as both like the most beautiful, like Victorian Central Park stroll when you're on a date and it's like, there's this magical mist and everything feels like otherworldly and enchanting and like divine. And then there's fog when you're driving on a hill at night and you're in LA. So like, if you're fucking up on those hills and it's super foggy, like it's really fucking scary, you know, like you don't know where you're going to turn. You are really, you know, there's, it's so dense. It feels so ominous. It feels so foreboding and you have to be so careful. So fog, depending on the circumstance can either be something that is like really beguiling and magical and wonderful, or it could be something that is like really deadly and devastating and terrifying. And I think that that's in a lot of ways how the Pisces moon operates is that it does operate in this sort of fantastical universe always. But then what that fantastical universe is, is either going to be like an enchanted fort fairy tale forest, or it's going to be like just the immense intensity of the collective pain that people aren't talking about. And then that mounting pressure of like how there's not even words to describe this is feels uh, insurmountable. Wow. Wow. At least that is how I have, again, personally reconciled it. But Pisces moon is really, I, I mean, it's definitely, you know, I obviously am biased because it's the, it's the placement I've had to learn how to love in my own chart so much. Um, but I always love talking to other Pisces moons because, you know, we love music. We love poetry. We love sort of like, we love ways that we can have we can sort of experience our feelings without necessarily needing to be in our feelings which obviously then can look a lot like addiction right because that's another way of feeling feelings without being in feelings mm. so it's like always that what are the boundaries of this fog you know like where do we have to put it in the container so that it doesn't become something that permeates across all 
dimensions of life. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So my follow-up question to that now is with you having been a person of the internet for as long as you have, you originally started on Vine, at least it, this is what I have. my research has told me. And if that is incorrect, obviously correct me. But it's been a long time. It's been a journey. So how do you deal with the emotions of your career and being someone who is in the public eye or, you know, now that you are integrating more of your truth and your emotional truth into your work, I'm sure that there is maybe a wholeness, but even maybe prior to that, like, did you feel like you were fragmented? Did it feel like there were different parts of you that were having a hard time sort of seeing each other? Absolutely. I started on social media on the Vine app. You're right with that. And, you know, I was in my mid 20s at the time. I feel like I finally have over the last few years a balance of, you know, my life and my feelings and my body and spirit. But I definitely, when I first got online, it was a challenge because I feel like I put my whole self when I'm making these videos. And when I'm making connections, because there's a lot of collaborations. And so it gets confusing where you're like, oh, we're making these funny videos. Um, and I'm connecting to you as a person. Are we supposed to be friends? Are we not friends? How come we don't talk other than when we're making videos? Like I was so mm -hmm. sensitive the whole time. And I felt like I really, there was moments where I would really struggle and really get my feelings hurt. But then there's this other very curt side of me that's like, meh, none of it's about you. It's fine. And then creative. It's like, I really feel like I see all sides of a situation, which is very Libra. I get where people are coming from. I get where I'm coming from. So why take anything personally? Everyone's on their own journey, right? And I can intellectually talk myself out of certain things because there were times where I would make videos and feel really ecstatic when I would get these followers and likes and it'd be thriving and videos would do well, or I'd videos wouldn't do well. And I'd go, huh, like this is, I wonder, you know, and I'd kind of go that inward Pisces uh, realm. And then when Vine ended out of abruptly, pretty much out of nowhere, those 3 million followers just dropped. And so that was a really interesting experience that didn't hit me about a year until a year later. Mm. I think I didn't realize what that meant of like losing 3 million followers. So did Vine not like communicate that they were winding it down? They kind of did, just not soon enough for all of us to like try to, you know, like it was so many of the users on the platform left um, when certain creators left. And some of the creators like myself didn't know that people were leaving, which ended, which led to the demise of the, of the app. And so where some people had really early on videos to say, hey, follow me on Instagram or YouTube or whatever to keep the momentum going. I didn't do that. I rarely, mm. I rarely did that. And then one, once we found out like, hey, it's going to leave in like about a month or a week, we don't know a day, but like, you know, I would, I post like a couple, but, and some people transferred to Instagram, but I've had to rebuild. Like on TikTok, I had to completely rebuild. I had to keep on with the um, Instagram and Facebook. And it's been a, it's been a beautiful journey, but I've often questioned how much longer am I going to be doing this? I really enjoy doing this. It's so much fun, but it's not fun every day. It's fun when I feel like it, <laughs> you know, like I definitely let my emotions and my feelings rule what I do in the day, which is great for so many things because then inspiration hits and then I'll have a viral video with millions of views or I'll go a week or two without having much success virally, if that makes sense. And then I'll feel like sad that I'm not thriving online, but I don't really feel like it. And then I'm undisciplined and, and all the things. That's really wild about Vine. Just like what happened there? <laughs> why, why did it just explode like that? Twitter bought them, right? I think Twitter bought them. And then there was uh, the top 20. I read this somewhere. There was the top 20 Viners that asked for a certain amount of money and the app said no. So they went, screw you, we're going to go elsewhere. And they all left. So their followers went with them. And then they apparently, again, these are, this is what I've read. They single-handedly killed the app for the rest of the people that were on it because they stopped creating content on that platform because they weren't getting paid. But weren't 
I mean, isn't an app and maybe I'm just literally naive here, but isn't an app like certainly there are going to be people who are using it for business purposes, but there are also people who are just regular everyday average people users, right? Who want to like share things and make content for their friends and their family. Yeah, it had plenty of users, not as many. Imagine you're watching 10 people or your 10 favorite shows on TV. You're watching 10 favorite shows on the cable and all those shows stop playing. Would you watch TV anymore? That's kind of the way that they described it was that, and I don't even really want to talk about all this because it's so over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just to help you understand, like, yeah, there was a bunch of users still watching. So why cancel the show? It doesn't make any sense because it was like half of them, if not more than that, left because they were like, oh, I want to watch my favorite creators and I'm just going to watch YouTube because they're not posting Vines anymore. They haven't posted in months. Why would I come out on this app? Like most users, yeah, they would create for their friends. It's not like Instagram where Every single user sometimes posts, it was like, you watched Vine to watch Vine. You didn't necessarily. Right, right, right. You know, like even I got, I, want, I got recognized yesterday as a TikToker. They're like, oh my God, you're on TikTok. I love your TikTok so much, so much. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. And he didn't, he, he was like, and what's your name? And it was just so funny because when I was on Vine, everyone knew my name. Meaning my point is, is that there was like 50 Viners. You know, right, you know right, all their right. names. TikTok, there's thousands and thousands of people with huge, massive followings. Like I follow like 400, 500 people on TikTok. I love them all. I don't know any of their names. There's something, there's a disconnect there where it's very saturated. Not a bad thing. I love TikTok so much. Vine was very specific. Like, okay, we're watching at least 30 to 50 creators and that's who we're watching. It's like just smaller, I guess, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It does make sense. Yeah, I mean, I think about the numbers on TikTok a lot because I really wonder like what it means really like in the long term scheme of things because, you know, I'll connect with people who have now like 5 million <laughs> followers on TikTok and it happened in like six months yeah. and like, you know, blessings, you know, no problem. I'm happy f- about it, but Prior to TikTok, it took a really long time to gain those types of followings. And if you did gain that type of following, it was the, you know, what that was worth was a lot of money. You know, it was really precious. Um, Now it's like, it seems like the way that TikTok is set up is that you can really build a large following relatively quickly. And that number is enormous. So it's, I don't know what that means, but it's really, I do feel like there has to be some sort of a paradigm shift from it. You know, it does feel very much sort of like Andy Warhol's like 15 minutes of fame in real time, you know, where it's like this fucking 17 year old is now has like 3 million followers who's just like going to school and wearing cool outfits, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's very, I tell anyone to get on it because if you post enough, you will get at least 100,000 followers. Like, it's crazy, which is, I think they just really want people on the app. They want to encourage people because the when you, once you get that success of, oh my God, thousands of people are watching. You know, some people think that it, they're not real followers. I just heard this for the first time the other day. This guy, he had millions and they actually blocked him or something for posting something, I guess, inappropriate, although he would say it's not... I don't remember what it was, but he said, oh yeah, if it says you have millions of followers, like half of them are bots or something like that, which is true for Instagram, 100%. You could count that like almost half of the followers are are bots, if, which is crazy. It's just like, and I hadn't thought about that with Instagram, which with uh, TikToks, that made me sad because I was like, I have 1.6 million. You're trying to tell me that like, that's not real. That's not fair. You know, because I'm like, yay, success. But Everyone has their different ideas. I like TikTok. I feel like I could scroll for hours feeling really connected and learning so many different things. I resisted it for so long. And now I really, I really appreciate the app. I really like it. And I can't imagine, you know, the success I found with Vine was such a big deal. And I feel like people are finding that daily, 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 daily with 
the success from TikTok. So is it real? Is it not? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I just enjoy making videos and that will never change. I did it since I was a little girl. So whatever app that's coming out next or whatever, it, it, it'll be what it'll be. It is such a weird, such a weird world to be in, especially when you're a Pisces moon. <laughs> Especially when you, when it's already a weird world on the inside, <laughs> and then it's just weird, a weird world on the outside too. Yeah. So, how did you first start to introduce the spirituality into your work? I mean, into your content, and sort of was there a was there a particular modality that you found that you were like, "Fuck yeah!" Like that one makes sense. Um, or was it something gradual? Is it something you've always known? Like, how did that come to be and become included into your process? Yeah, I, I went down a spiritual road years ago around the time when Vine started. I actually believe that the two are highly connected. I got certified as an NLP practitioner, which is the study of the unconscious mind. I started listening to, I went to the Saban Theater in Los Angeles to listen to Marianne Williamson, started listening to Tony Robbins. I did all these workshops and I, and the high that I got from recognizing the purpose of life. And you know, when you have that spirituality high where you're like, oh my God, everything's connected. We're all one. That's why I feel sad when the person across from me is sad because we're the same. And, and I felt so buzzed from it over and over again. It was the same high I got when I was laughing kind of. And so I started valuing healing and self-help and Eckhart Tolle and the now and the presence, like the present is a present. And and then I wasn't sharing like my findings or awakenings online. I was just sharing, you know, impressions or whatever. I started feeling it like weigh on me. And so I started a new channel, Manifestation, where I was like, okay, I'm going to put my spiritual stuff here. And if people want it, they want it. And now I've just said, screw it. Like, I'm just going to put it all on one page because it is all part of me. And I don't want people to just see me one way. I'm fine with them seeing all aspects of me because I, I want to push those boundaries. I don't want to be afraid to look crazy, stupid, dumb, whatever, like be made fun of or whatever it is. Like, it, that's not my business. My business is to live out loud and to express, right? We're all here to just express what's in, in a safe place, you know? Because for a long time growing up, it's not a safe place. People aren't ready to deal with their own emotions. And so they can't handle yours. And so, you know, and then we're taught to shame it and stuff it inside and all these things. And I just feel like it's really important to share both sides of the coin, not just one side because then that feels like manipulation rather than being like this is who i really am it's like instagram has that whole problem that we're only showing like the best moments of our life rather than like no and now i'm struggling too and that's russell he says hi <laughs> he's my maltese yorkie chihuahua oh my goodness so cute <sighs> he's so cute and so now occasionally i will post sometimes i'll go live and i'll talk and then i'll edit together some sort of like like, what's the message with this? What am I trying to say? Listen to how you speak to yourself. Like all the things that have helped me, I feel it's my responsibility to share with others, even though my mind will constantly be like, they already know all this. Don't be annoying. <laughs> do you ever have that? Oh my God. Yeah, I do uh, all the time. And then people will be like, I never heard that. I'm like, yeah, because there was a point where I didn't hear it either. And we're all always hearing messages that we need to hear. Even if we know something, hearing it twice, that's fine, you know, because we might forget. We often forget the things that we should remember. And then sometimes we remember the things that we should forget, right? And then we're like, ugh, totally. obsessing about it. But it's always important to just share where you're at, I think, especially if you're in the limelight. Like, I always feel ref refreshed when I see people just being where they're at, whether it's happy, sad, like it's all, it's all part of it. Yeah, I think that it's really important. I, I mean, I guess like it's as a society, we have, and the internet is a manifestation of just like how we exist as people on a societal level, right? So if we choose to use the internet as a place where we can be a 360 person with a myriad interests and lots of different dimensions to who we are, then the internet's going to reflect that. But as a society, we often choose to not want to see the full picture of things. You know, I think we have a very disassociated society and we have a society that really has very selective memory about things. And that really hasn't done a very good job of creating safe spaces for people to have 
you know, a roller coaster of experiences, which is also just a true life experience. It's not going to always be this like weird capitalist, like always on the up and up, you know, like we do have to go through those undulations because we're, that's part of being alive. Yeah, it is part of it. And we need to just normalize that and accept it and love that part of us rather than trying to stop it or put it down or shame it. It's like, let's love the parts of ourselves that hurt. That's what true healing is. If you follow me on Instagram, which I hope you do, I'm Adeliza Kelly, you may have noticed that recently my hair has been looking really, really good. And I take pretty much no credit for this other than the fact that it is my hair, it's my genes, it's my DNA, I'm working with it. It's really all pros. Pros is custom hair care that is effective because it's personal. Pros uses natural ingredients to customize every product in your routine from shampoo to supplements. You go on the website and Pros asks you all of these questions. It's like your eating habits and your exercise routine and your zip code and your environmental conditions. And then they analyze all the answers and determine the unique blend of ingredients that should be in every product of your custom routine. So Pros sent me three products. They sent me a shampoo, a conditioner, and a curl cream, and the results have been absolutely unbelievable. I have never seen my hair so frizz-free. It's almost like I'm getting to experience my hair's true shape, and it's it's better than I could have ever even imagined. So I want you to try this. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash stars. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash stars for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Go do it right now. I've heard of people doing that know where people with specific signs or birthdays should live in the world. Is that something that you know about? I do. Astrocartography. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So where should I live? (laughs) Well, I would need to do your full birth chart for that. Oh, okay. But I do think, so you are, are you currently living in California and you're from California? Yes. So where you live is your birth chart you know, you are living in the space. Like I'm living in New York right now. I'm from New York. So my, it's basically a one-to-one experience of how I was raised and what I'm getting back. When you move to different places in astrocartography, you get access to different perceptions of self. But at the end of the day, your birth chart still reigns supreme. Like your birth chart is still always going to be your birth chart. For instance, when I lived in LA, my birth chart was technically a lot happier, <laughs> so to speak, than my birth chart here in New York. Same with me when I lived in New York, by the way. I lived in oh, New York really? for 18 months and I was so happy. Okay, continue. So I was not happy at all in LA, even though my birth chart was theoretically happier. And I think it's because it almost felt like it was bypassing my true experience. It almost felt like it was this dystopian like version of like, okay, you could have, like you could be live very close to all of these things that you idolized and you think are fabulous and magical, but like, what about all of the stuff that you need to deal with? Like that's not Mm. being dealt with. Ironically, it was because that was where I found astrology. That's where I really started to open things up and unpack things. And then I took that all back to New York, which is where I continued to do that work. Um, But yes, if you, there are certain lines that you can live on, like you could live on your Jupiter line, or you could live on your Venus line, or you could live on this or that, um, in order to know where you're going, you know, what different places are going to activate within you. To be honest, I have not found astrocartography to be, it's not my passion. (laughs) Let's put it that way. It's not my passion because I don't think that it is a, full picture way of being able to have a true experience. I think that in the same way that when I came to LA, if I were to just like cut off everything that was real for me about what my pain was, I would have, and I did feel more fragmented than I've ever felt in my life because I felt like I didn't have the language to communicate. Like I was actually not raised this way. I was actually raised this way. And I just felt like 
this bastardization of who I am. Wow. However, if you are interested in moving or if you're interested in knowing where to go, I think that we could use our tarot cards today for this as an interesting way of sort of moving through the mystical world, but not through astro cartography. Beautiful. I love that. Let's do it. Let's um, do it. So are you thinking about moving? Well, I just moved in, Feb- in February. Um, I've moved a few times recently, like sold my home in November, moved, and then moved again in February. And it's just something I think about. Yeah. So part of being a Sag rising, of course, is always moving. moving. Yeah. And you also would have, I would imagine that you have your moon at the very top of your chart on your midheaven if you're a sad rising or no it would i'm sorry it would be at your ic at the bottom of your chart where your home is either way it's uh your emotions are definitely calling the shots about where you live so this is exactly why i the astro cartography is not like a full picture to me is because if we know that you're a pisces moon and you have your moon on one of the angles on your ic of home and foundation then even if we were to find somewhere that would be like sort of the perfect you, you know, perfect, actualized, like everything is in exactly its right space. But if your emotions are still calling the shots, then depending on where you're at emotionally, you're not going to necessarily feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like your, your emotions are still going to be the most important variable. So with such a strong lunar placement, working with your rising sign, it's really about trusting your emotions to lead you where they need to lead, you know, and seeing like, well, what does safety and security and, you know, nurture look like in my life and how can a home do that and provide that for me and how could a home and then it's associated neighborhood and community and place provide that for me. Wow. Is your family still in where you are? My father is. My mom has been moving around. Oh, so that's also part of the narrative too, is having your having a Sag rising with a Pisces moon. Both of these are mutable signs. So there's a lot of movement that goes in with the mutable signs. Very interesting. So do you think that you would want to find a home that's for grounding, for staying forever? Or do you think it's about finding another place for right now? Well, the home I'm in right now, I bought for forever but it's not near the ocean and i'm like stomping my feet like hmm, i want to be near the ocean <laughs> yeah yeah as a pisces moon i feel that too all the time yeah and so it's like i can't afford a home right now that looks like this that's this size with a pool near the ocean <laughs> it's like so expensive so i was near the ocean that's where i went i was like okay i sold my home there was many reasons why I sold that home and I moved in an apartment near the ocean and it was a one bedroom and I was sneezing and it was so small. And I was like, okay, I cannot be in a small place. I need like a clear, bigger space. Okay. What's the solution? I'll just drive to the ocean when I feel like it and which I haven't been doing. So I'm like, ugh, it takes 35 minutes. It's so silly. It's like, it's like, I was like, I tried to have the best of both worlds where I have a, a space that's big enough with different rooms that, for different purposes. And oh, I'll just make sure that I go to the ocean and visit. It's 35 minutes. That's nothing. But I, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Everything feels, I've been feeling tired and it feels like, oh, it just feels like a lot of work. And hearing myself say this, I'm like, just freaking go. But um, that's where I'm at. It's different to be at the ocean versus to have to drive there. I mean, those are totally different experiences. One involves a lot of annoying things <laughs> and the other is stepping outside and being able to like be in that environment and be in that space. Yeah. Um, so let's pull some cards to see how we can compromise this right now and what we need to know about where you're at currently and how you also are going to be able to get the things that you need from where you are in your experience. Does that sound good? Yep. Okay. Do you want me to work with pile one, pile two, or pile three? Three. Good choice. Excellent choice. Okay. So what should we know about where you're living, about your current environment, about how you're existing within it that could enhance it? 
that can make it feel like that you're getting everything that you need from it. Does that sound good? Yes. Okay. Three of swords. You're not. <laughs> sorry, you're not. I'm sorry. That sucks. But I'm not it just what, is getting what it is. everything I need. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I know <laughs> you're not. So this card is really like about heartbreak, you know? Um, so maybe the heartbreak of it is recognizing that you're not getting everything that you need from it. And that that kind of sucks because buying a house is a big deal. Buying a house is expensive, especially buying a house that you plan to be your forever house. But this card says it's probably not because you aren't getting everything you need from it. Yeah. I'm not. So I it, think in, so, and I, that's yeah, okay. in an ideal world, I'd be able to walk outside and there'd be all these coffee shops and I could walk and walk and walk and, and, and go look at the ocean, of course. So I already know I'm like sad. Wow. What kind of environment is that? Does that place exist where there are coffee shops and the ocean? Santa Monica, Venice. It's definitely a thing. It's just, yeah. it's just moolah, lots of money. Yeah. <laughs> Which is coming in abundantly. I welcome it. Every so now that we know that this house isn't giving you everything that you need, what should we know of how to either cope with that or how to move forward with that or how to just sort of exist in that with that knowing, with that sort of security of, of recognizing that as true? Ten of Wands. So this card says, yeah, you're probably really fucking burnt out and you really don't want to keep having to push as hard as you are pushing and probably have been for so long that you got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. This reading is like such a heavy hitter, but the cards, these cards are not bullshit cards. You know, they are, they tell us really very much what the truth is of what we need to know. So that's saying to keep pushing, keep pushing where it says that you're very close toward. So the 10 is the end of the journey, but like, look at this guy like so like he has to take all of these fucking wands and move them to that village like that's like a he's all by himself you know it's like very heavy this is a big push you know in order to get these wands to the village and that's where you're at is that you have to do that big push to get the wands to the village so that you can i guess it really is just about making enough money so that you can afford the type of environment that you know is going to be most soul satiating for you yeah yeah. It's simply simple as that. Um, so let's see, how should you be pushing though? Because there's so many different ways to push and I want you to push hard, but not too hard. I want you to push in smart ways. Ooh, Knight of Wands. So this is very much, um, I mean, this is, this is very much like fire energy. So this is the energy of sort of like being fabulous, looking good. I mean, there's definitely some posturing that comes into this card. As you can see, that is a very, very fancy cloak this guy is wearing. So there's a few different ways I could interpret this. One is that you work with some sort of a dude who has a big, not dick. Um, I'm not going to say big dick, but big dick energy, let's say big dick energy. That could be like a manager, a publicist, a collaborator of some kind. It could be a partner. Um, someone who is like your money girl, like, let's get it, let's get it together. And someone who has that sort of like optimism, someone who isn't burnt out, or you channel that yourself and you find your own big dick energy and you channel your own, like, I haven't been doing this for 10 years. I have so much energy. I am so ready to go. I am young and playful and not tired at all. And you become the Knight of Wands yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love, I love that. So it's either someone who has that optimism or it is yourself generating it. Yeah, perhaps it's both too. Like I see, I see that I need to pick up that energy for sure, like my own energy and like step into that. And I, ha I felt that even when I was just in Mexico in Tulum, I was just like, oh my God, I'm awakening, I'm arriving, all these things. And then I came back here and I feel like I slumped back to like, oh, this is all there is. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, no, 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 because I will achieve so much when I'm in that power. And of course, I was near the ocean and all that thing. Um, as far as thinking about somebody in my life that has that, there's not a ton of people, especially in, in the workplace, because the the people that I've worked with, I've been with for a long time. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not sure. There's not. It's not like a yes. Ooh, yeah. Well, intuitive ping for you here is maybe it's time to get someone else on the team. Yeah. 
maybe it could be good to get somebody who hasn't been with you for so long. Yeah. And intuitively, like when you say keep pushing, like with the second card, are you feeling like that's me pushing to live back over there or like push myself to just get in the car and go? (laughs) Great question. Really, really great question. Um, I think it's you pushing to have more than you have. I don't think it's pushing to get in the car because we got the three of swords when we first pulled. So yeah, I mean, obviously you should be at the ocean if you love it, but I think this is also kind of just the tragedy of recognizing that this house isn't everything. So I have options. I can vacation home this home. I could try to rent it out to a family or I could sell it, perhaps make a profit. What do you feel? Ooh, fun. Um, let's pull another card and see. Ooh, okay. Ooh, love it. The Hangman, a major card. So this is our first major card that we've pulled for you, um, which also kind of means that this is the right question for us to be asking. And it has that sort of major connotation. Unfortunately, this card says you're not happy with any of these options. None of these seem like the right choice for you right now. So I think it's too early for us to know. Um, the hangman is someone who is divine. Like, you know, he has this halo around him. So it's not, this is a divine question to be asking, but in the situation that you're in, it's because you're feeling a little bit trapped and you're feeling like a little like, oh fuck. And that's whenever you're make a, making a decision out of an oh fuck, it's not going to be a good decision. Okay. So I intuitively feel like perhaps there's going to be something that happens that in your life, an opportunity that you're presented with that helps clarify which is the best choice. Okay. It's like you're too close to the problem to make the right decision about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. The external perspective is going to be important. Okay, let's pull one more just for real extra clarity. Um, Do you have a question that you want to do like extra, extra clarity on? It could be related to this. It could be something totally different. Huh, how's acting going to continue to show up for me? Cool. Let's do it. Film and TV. I can definitely. Yeah. Film and TV. I can definitely work with that. Okay. Well, with that as an added variable, before I even pull another card, I feel what what I was getting from this card is that this is like a sharky agent. That's the energy that this one gives me is like some young, like I love to work at CAA and wear a gray suit. Like I'm in the swing of things kind of vibe. Um, someone who's like, I'll make you a business deal. And you're like, okay, honey, I get it. But like also has that charisma. So I really do feel like perhaps there needs to be someone else introduced to your team. I feel strongly about that. Yeah. I just wonder if it's an agent or manager. Cause I have both. And I just like, I mean, probably an agent. Yeah. Cause they are the ones who pro- have more access to the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see acting film and TV. How does that play into it? Oh, I pulled two cards and they also are both major cards. So I pulled judgment, which is a very intense and very fabulous card for this question. And I pulled the magician. So the way that I see these two cards, first of all, um, it's literally the beginning and end of the deck right here. You know, like we have this card at the very beginning. This is one of the last cards of the major arcana. So it's like, this is actually the the second to beginning card. And this is the second to last card. So there's this sort of like container that's created from these. The magician is really about it's, it aligns with that kind of like blind optimism, like let's just take everything and make it happen. The judgment is ultimately you need to be, you need to psychically decide for yourself that that's what you want. If you are dipping your toe in and out of like, do I really want that? Am I comfortable? This is fine. I can live with this. I'm being satiated through this, but that's not the full picture. Then you're the one who is ultimately putting those blocks up for yourself because the magician card indicates that we have everything we need in order to turn that into your reality. The judgment is, are you basically self-sabotaging by not allowing that to come through because you're comfortable and successful in doing what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think that all of this tied together is that if you, you know, maybe there's a bit of humility in it too, of like, Hey, I know I'm going to need to start. It's not going to be an ideal situation to move into film and television. However, like 
I am willing to put in the work there too in order to see this materialize. And then you're going on location somewhere and then the house explains itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That All that makes so much so sense. So this all checks out and feels very good yeah, to me. Same. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. So two very quick questions before we wrap up. One, and they could be connected or they could be separate, but I will give them to you together as a pair. One is how does magic show up in your life? And two is what do you believe in? We obviously know how magic shows up in your life, literally, because we pulled this card. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I feel like when I think of something, so I visualize it unintentionally or intentionally, it, it comes pretty quickly. So I do feel like I generate amazing things in my life when I keep my thoughts there. And then the world starts to feel really magic. Like I'll think of someone, they'll call me or I'll think of this and then it comes and it's, it's showing up every day in every way, um, including this experience with you. And then... What do you believe in? Oh, uh, I believe in truth. Oh my God, I want to sound like Wonder Woman. I believe in truth, unity, love. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do I actually relate to Wonder Woman quite a bit. Um, I would love to play her one day. I just love everything she stands for, which is that love is all there is, that we're all connected. And the more honest and truthful we are, the more it helps the people around us. So honesty and love are the two things I believe in the most honesty and love. Oh, I love that. It is the perfect Libra sun Pisces me infusion. It is. <laughs> it is. It's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Cause you have the Venus represented with the, with the Libra. We got that Pisces moon, the Neptune stuff. I love it. I love it. So gorgeous. Thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. Where can our listeners find you and support you and get ready to see you playing Wonder Woman? Oh my God, I love that. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at Man and Matthews, M-A-N-O-N-M-A-T-H-E-W-S. I have a book that I wrote called Funny How It Works Out that is available on Amazon or Audible. You can hear me narrate the book that I wrote. Or I have a podcast and I have a podcast called Serious But Funny, B-U-T-T. And I think that about wraps it up. And thank you so much. And it's Perfect. been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. This was so lovely. Really was. Really was.